Today is the 12th of July, 2019. Welcome to Walking the Way. My name is Ray. I want to say thank you to everyone for listening in as we continue to explore what it means to have a regular rhythm of worship together. And if you're joining us for the first time, let me explain that each episode follows a simple pattern of prayer, scripture, and music. So having explained how it works, let's start today's leg of Walking the Way with our opening prayer, shall we? Light of Christ, awaken in us this time to the glory of your presence in our midst. Shine among us in such a way that the darkness without and within may be pushed back, such that we may truly see what is really real. Help us to recognize our sin for what it is. Enable us to behold the world as you created it to be, as you created us to be. Empower us to move from darkness to light, From sin to new life, may your light shine within us. This we pray in the name of the Word made flesh, the light which is the light of all people, our Lord Jesus. Amen. We're going to have our first piece of music just to give us some time to center our thoughts on God, quieten our spirits, and then we're going to get into our Bible readings for today. And in today's reading, we read about David showing kindness to Mephibosheth, And Paul writes about the qualities of an approved worker for God. We'll see you on the other side. Let's ask God to speak to us through the scriptures today. Father, inspire us to read your scriptures and give us an understanding of what we read that we may actually put it into practice. Father, I ask that the words may not just be signs on a page, but channels of grace into our hearts. Amen. And for the final time this week, our Bible readings are taken from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. And we're beginning with 2 Samuel 9 and 10. 
David asked, Is there anyone remaining from Saul's family I can show kindness to because of Jonathan? There was a servant of Saul's family named Ziba. They summoned him to David, and the king said to him, Are you Ziba? I am your servant, he replied. So the king asked, Is there anyone left of Saul's family that I can show the kindness of God to? Ziba said to the king, There is still Jonathan's son who was injured in both feet. The king asked him, Where is he? Ziba answered the king, You'll find him in Lodabar, at the house of Mecca, son of Amiel. So King David had him bought from the house of Mecca, son of Amiel, in Lodabar. Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David, bowed down to the ground and paid homage. David said, Mephibosheth, I am your servant, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, since I intend to show you kindness because of your father Jonathan. I will restore to you all of your grandfather Saul's fields, and you will be able to eat meals at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you take an interest in a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Saul's servant Zeba and said to him, I have given your master's grandson all that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to work the ground for him, and you are to bring in the crops so your master's grandson will have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, will always eat at my table. Now Zeba had fifteen sons and twenty servants. Zeba said to the king, Your servant will do all my lord the king commands. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table just like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. All those living in Ziba's house were Mephibosheth's servants. However, Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. His feet had been injured. Sometime later, the king of the Ammonites died, and his son Hanun became king in his place. Then David said, I'll show kindness to Hanun, son of Nahash, just as his father showed kindness to me. So David sent his emissaries to console Hanun concerning his father. However, when they arrived in the land of the Ammonites, the Ammonites' leaders said to Hanun their lord, Just because David has sent men with condolences for you, do you really believe he's showing respect for your father? Instead, hasn't David sent his emissaries in order to scout out the city, spy on it, and demolish it? So Hanun took David's emissaries, shaved off half their beards, cut their clothes in half at the hips, and sent them away. When this was reported to David, he sent someone to meet them, since they were deeply humiliated. The king said, Stay in Jericho until your your beards grow back, and then return. When the Ammonites realized they were becoming repulsive to David, they hired 20,000 foot soldiers from the Aramaeans of Beth Horob and Zobah, 10,000 men from the king of Makkah, and 12,000 men from Tob. David heard about it, and said Joab and all the fighting men, The Ammonites marched out and lined up in battle formation at the entrance of the city gate, while the Aramaeans of Zobar and Rehob and the men of Tob and Makar were in the field by themselves. When Joab saw that there was a battle line in front of him and another behind him, he chose some men out of all the elite troops of Israel and lined up in battle formation to engage the Aramaeans. He placed the rest of the forces under the command of his brother Abishai, who lined up in battle formation to engage the Ammonites. If the Aramaeans are too strong for me, Joab said, then you will be my help. However, if the Ammonites are too strong for you, I will come to help you. Be strong, 
We must prove ourselves strong for our people, and for the cities of our God may the Lord's will be done. Job and his troops advanced to fight against the Aramaeans, and they fled before him. When the Ammonites saw that the Aramaeans had fled, they too fled before Abishai and entered the city. So Job withdrew from the attack against the Ammonites and went to Jerusalem. When the Aramaeans saw that they had been defeated by Israel, they regrouped. Hadadazar sent messengers to bring Aramaeans who were across the Euphrates River. And they came to Helam at Shobach, commander of Hadadazar's army, leading them. When this was reported to David, he gathered all Israel, crossed the Jordan and went to Helam. Then the Aramaeans lined up in formation to engage David in battle and fought against him. But the Aramaeans fled before Israel, and David killed 700 of their charioteers and 400 foot soldiers. He also struck down Sobak, commander of their army, who died there. When all the kings who had a days our subjects saw that they had been defeated by Israel, they made peace with Israel and became their subjects. After this, the Aramaeans were afraid to ever help the Ammonites again. 1 Chronicles 18.19 After this, David defeated the Philistines, subdued them and took Gath and its villages from Philistine control. He also defeated the Moabites and they became David's subjects and bought tribute. David also defeated Hadadezer of Zobar and Hamath when he went to establish his control at the Euphrates River. David captured a thousand chariots, seven thousand horsemen, and twenty thousand foot soldiers from him, hamstrung all the horses, and kept a hundred chariots. When the Aramaeans of Damascus came to assist King Hadadezer of Zobah, David struck down twenty-two thousand Aramean men. Then he placed garrisons in Aram of Damascus, and the Aramaeans became David's subject and bought tribute. The Lord made David victorious wherever he went. David took the gold shields carried by Hadadezer's officers and brought them to Jerusalem. From Tibath to Kun, Hadadezer's cities, David also took huge quantities of bronze for which Solomon made the bronze reservoir, the pillars and the bronze articles. When King Tau of Hamath heard that David had defeated the entire army of King Hadadezer of Zobah, he sent his son Hadoram to King David to greet him and to congratulate him because David had fought against Hadadezer and defeated him, for Tau and Hadadezer had fought many wars. Hadoram bought all kinds of gold, silver and bronze items. King David also dedicated these to the Lord, along with the silver and gold he had carried off from the nations, from Edom, Moab, the Ammonites, the Philistines and the Amalekites. Abishai, son of Zariah, struck down 18,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. He put garrisons in Edom, and all the Edomites were subject to David. The Lord made David victorious wherever he went. So David reigned over all Israel, administering justice and righteousness for all his people. Joab, son of Zariah, was over the army. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, was court historian. Zadok, son of Ahitub, and Ahimelech, son of Abathar, were priests. Avshah was court secretary. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was over the Cherethites and the Pelethites, and David's sons were the chief officials at the king's side. Some time later, King Nahash of the Ammonites died, and his son became king in his place. Then David said, I'll show kindness to Hanan, son of Nahash, because his father showed kindness to me. So David sent messengers to console him concerning his father. 
However, when David's emissaries arrived in the land of the Ammonites to console him, the Ammonite leader said to Hanan, Just because David has sent men with condolences for you, do you really believe he's showing respect for your father? Instead, hasn't David sent his emissaries in order to scout out, overthrow and spy on the land? So Hanan took David's emissaries, shaved them, cut their clothes in half at the hips and sent them away. It was reported to David about his men, so he sent messengers to meet them, since the men were deeply humiliated. The king said, Stay in Jericho until your beards grow back, then return. When the Ammonites realized they'd made themselves repulsive to David, Hanan the Ammonites sent tons of silver to hire chariots and horsemen from Aram Naharaim, Aram Makar and Zobah. They hired 32,000 chariots and the king of Makar with his army who came and camped near Medaba. The Ammonites also came together from their cities for the battle. David heard about this and sent Joab and the entire army of warriors. The Ammonites marched out and lined up in battle formation at the entrance of the city, while the kings who'd come were in the field by themselves. When Joab saw that, saw that there was a battle line in front of him and another behind him, he chose some men out of all the elite troops of Israel and lined up in battle formation to engage the Arameans. He placed the rest of his force under the command of his brother Abishai, and they lined up in battle formation to engage the Ammonites. If the Arameans are too strong for me, Job said, then you'll be my help. However, if the Ammonites are too strong for you, I'll help you. Be strong. We must prove ourselves strong for our people and for the cities of our God. May the Lord's will be done. Job and the people with him approached the Arameans for battle, and they fled before him. When the Ammonites saw that the Arameans had fled, they likewise fled before Job's brother, Abishai, and entered the city. Then Job went to Jerusalem. When the Arameans realized they had been defeated by Israel, they sent messengers to summon the Arameans, who were across the Euphrates. They were led by Shopak, the commander of Hadadezer's army. When this was reported to David, he gathered all Israel and crossed the Jordan. He came up to the Arameans and lined up in battle formation against him. When David lined up to engage them in battle, they fought against him. But the Arameans fled before Israel, and David killed 7,000 of their charioteers and 40,000 foot soldiers. He also killed Chopak, the commander of the army. When Hadadezer's subjects saw that they had been defeated by Israel, they made peace with David and became his subjects. After this, the Arameans were never willing to help the Ammonites again. 2 Timothy 2 You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in the suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of of civilian life. He seeks to please the recruiter. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer ought to be the first to get a share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Keep your attention on Jesus Christ as risen from the dead and descended from David. This is according to my gospel. I suffer for it to the point of being bound like a criminal, but God's message is not bound. This is why I endure all things for the elect, that they may also obtain salvation which is in Christ Jesus for eternal glory. This saying is trustworthy. 
For if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Remind them of these things, charging them before God not to fight about words. This is in no way profitable and leads to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, correctly teaching the word of truth. But avoid irreverent, empty speech, for this will produce an even greater measure of godlessness, and their word will spread like gangrene. Hymenaeus and Philetus are among them. They have deviated from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already taken place, and are overturning the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, having this inscription, The Lord knows who are His, and everyone who names the name of the Lord must turn away from unrighteousness. Now in a large house there are not only gold and silver bowls, but also those of wood and clay, some for honourable use, some for dishonourable. So if anyone purifies himself from anything dishonourable, he will be a special instrument set apart, useful to the masters, prepared for every good work. Flee from youthful passions, and pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. But reject foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they breed quarrels. The Lord's slave must not quarrel, but must be gentle with everyone, able to teach and be patient, instructing his opponents with gentleness. Perhaps God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth. Then they may come to their senses and escape the devil's trap, having been captured by him to do his will. Proverbs 29 One who becomes stiff-necked after many remands will be shattered instantly beyond recovery. When the righteous flourish, the people rejoice, but when the wicked rule, people groan. A man who loves wisdom brings joy to his father, but he who consorts with prostitutes destroys his wealth. By justice, a king brings stability to a land, but a man who demands contributions demolishes it. A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. An evil man is caught by sin, but the righteous one sings and rejoices. The righteous person knows the rights of the poor, but the wicked does not understand these concerns. Mockers inflame a city, but the wise turn away anger. If a wise man goes to court with a fool, there will be ranting and raving, but no resolution. Bloodthirsty men hate an honest person, but the upright care about him. A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man holds it in check. If a ruler listens to lies, all his officials will be wicked. The poor and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord gives light to both of them. A king who judges the poor with fairness, his throne will be established forever. A rod of correction imparts wisdom, but a youth left to himself is a disgrace to his mother. When the wicked increase, rebellion increases, but the righteous will see their downfall. Discipline your son and it will bring you peace of mind and give you delight. Without revelation people run wild, but one who listens to instruction will be happy. A slave cannot be disciplined by words, though he understands he doesn't respond. Do you see a man who speaks too soon? 
There is more hope for a fool than for him. A slave pampered from his youth will become arrogant later on. An angry man stirs up conflict, and a hot-tempered man increases rebellion. A person's pride will humble him, but a humble spirit will gain honour. To be a thief's partner is to hate oneself. He hears the curse but will not testify. The fear of man is a snare, but the one who trusts in the Lord is protected. Many seek a ruler's favour, but a man receives justice from the Lord. An unjust man is detestable to the righteous, and those whose way is upright is detestable to the wicked. We're going to have our second piece of music just to give us some time to think about the scriptures, to ponder them, to mull them over, to think them through. And then we're going to get into our prayers for the day and the time of the year. Before we say our prayers for the day and the time of the year, just a reminder that if you'd like us to pray with you, then drop us a line through the usual channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. 
Check the show notes. Oh, and email, by the way. And email. Check the show notes for the contact details. There are links, and if you click those, they'll take you through where you need to go. We do see all your messages. We read all your emails. And we do pray for those, as you may well have heard in other podcasts, for those who email in or let us know that they have problems. Anyway, let's pray, shall we? Lord our God, we thank you for the great calling you've given us. We thank you that in all the evil of today's world, you give us the hope and faith that you are leading us to a goal that is good and you make us free. You make your children free that throughout mankind a new spirit may come, a new life and a new power to serve you in time and eternity. Praise be to your name that we can always have hope. Nothing can discourage us, but everything must work together for the good in accordance with your great purpose. Grant that your compassion will come to all the earth, to all people whom you have looked upon with mercy in sending Jesus Christ our Lord as Saviour. Amen. And our prayer for the time of the year. When the journey is hard, strength is failing, we lose the path, stumble or fall. You raise us up, refresh, encourage, give hope. You enable us to continue along our way, climb mountains, or simply follow day by day. Amen. And we say together the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from the evil one. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us and remain with us now and forevermore. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. You've been listening to Walking the Way. All the details for today's episode can be found in the show notes, in the doobly-doo, including, sorry, that's um, a character, a YouTuber by the name of Bandrew, or he runs a site called Podcastage. He talks about his doobly-doo, and it's basically the links underneath. But you've been listening to Walking the Way. All the details can be found in the show notes, including the scripture passages and credits for the prayers. If you want to partner with Walking the Way, and we would really appreciate it if you would, then please head to www.givesendgo.com forward slash walking the way. And if you want any more information about the podcast or me, head to rayborrett.co.uk where you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Again, all the links are in the show notes. And don't forget you can listen to Walking the Way on TuneIn, YouTube, and if you're in the States, radio.com. And as always, my name is Ray. Until next time, I'll be here as we continue walking the way.